2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: When I was in eighth grade, we were tied with our crosstown rival in one of the most important football games of my young career. During a two-point conversion where we could have broken the tie and gone for the win, Dylan Eggloff, my teammate, was there to witness this. At the last second, my QB screamed out Josh as the play broke down. I turned around in the end zone, and the ball hit me directly in the face mask. I share that because, Foster Moreau, I want you to know you're not alone, man. You're not the only player who, when everyone was watching, could make a very easy play and win the game, or at least tie it, and everyone love you, um, yeah. Coaches put that on film on repeat and everyone laughed at me and Dylan bullied me. And I just really need to get that off my chest. I knew Fossing exactly Foster, where you were
4: going. As soon as you said, Fla- I turned my head and yeah. a little Fla- go I know exactly what story he's about to tell.
3: Bro. It, 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 the <laughs> doink noise Al Michaels was referring to, it was that off of my face mask. And so Foster, I've had egg on my face. You've had egg <laughs> on yours. Um, it certainly didn't help Derek Carr's fantasy night. Dylan, it is good to have you in studio. We're doing the Thursday night football reaction. Um, I'm I'm glad you could share that personal story with me. We have so much history. Uh, Davis is not with us tonight. He has a work engagement for his other job where he is building a great athletic program, Um, not just talking about his team and being a menace to society here on the show. So he has missed. He will be back soon. Dylan, I want to go to you right away. Derek Carr well, I go to you right away. I want to go to you with this. Derek Carr has been infamous for your team. He was in a trade. You traded away your 24 first, which you acquired by trading away Christian McCaffrey. It's been kind of the slippery slope of decisions you would like to take back. Hmm. Derek Carr versus Carmichael, the offensive coordinator for the Saints. Mike Smith actually talked about him on Thursday Night Football. Is Derek Carr the problem or is it Carmichael from what you And, and can you even tell, to be honest? But if you had yeah. to pick which of the two is at fault?
4: Yeah, I'm not going to reminisce anymore on the decisions that I've made in the past. I'm moving forward. And I'm going to be completely (laughs) honest about uh, the first two quarters and maybe midway through the third quarter, I was getting, I was ready to get on here and just talk about how awful, awful Derek Carr is. And then I see Derek Carr literally every single time that their drive is dead. You just see him look over and just start cussing and yelling and snapping his, his chin strap off. And just he goes right straight to Pete Carmichael, goes straight to him and then just starts ripping and leaning into him. And they never look like they're in sync. So no. for the first half of the game, I was like, car, you are awful. You're making awful decisions. All you're doing is checking it down. And then he, I see that interaction. To sum it up, it is a Carmichael issue. This is not a Derek Carr issue. I do not think that Derek Carr is the issue. I'm not going to come here and say that he is a top 15 quarterback even. I do think he's a top 20 quarterback for fantasy, and I do think he's shown in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he put up 21 points tonight. Like That's serviceable as a QB too, and that was with a horrible start to the game. So I, I think it's a Carmichael issue. I think there's, some, there's a lot of stuff going on. and Even before the game, they were talking about how Michael Thomas was referencing something was going on and Kamara said something, they're being super ambiguous about what's going on. I, it's got to be a Carmichael issue. Please tell me, you, you got my back on this, right? Help me feel no, better I, about Carr.
3: For sure. No, I would i would definitely say the offense isn't in sync. And what Carr does have going for him um, from a resume perspective is this is a guy who has had 4,030, you know, 30 touchdown seasons with the Raiders in the right system. I remember Jack Del Rio, Michael Crabtree days. We've seen Derek Carr sling the rock. And I don't think that physically he's gone or he's just, you know, dissipated to a point where he can't do what he used to do, especially just throwing the football. What saved Derek Carr, however, was Alvin Kamara. I think that there is 100% a... I think it's on both of them. It's a Carr and Carmichael issue. Carmichael has been with the Saints so long. They're trying to run the Drew Brees instant, get the ball out like the moment the ball is snapped kind of offense. Derek Carr works well off of play action based on my experience.
4: Well, that's a great point too. That actually is a great point because Derek Carr doesn't have time to throw the ball. There's a reason why they're trying to get the ball out of his hand quickly. They kept showing him during the broadcast his offensive line was just collapsing on itself. So I think there's a lot of variables and you can't just say it's a Carr problem. That's the easy way out.
3: No, I'm not saying it's just a Carr problem. I think it is a Carmichael issue for sure. Sure. More than Derek Carr. That being said, Derek Carr has got to, I mean, he embraced it the offense started to work and they had a sustained drive going into you know, end of the third, into the fourth by checking it down to Alvin Kamara, letting him be the PPR monster that he was. 12 receptions for 91 yards. If you're in a dynasty league, this is house money. Ride <laughs> oh, yeah. Alvin Kamara till the wheels fall off. There is nothing anyone can, because do you think Alvin Kamara would go for a first right now to a contending team? In oh any yeah, if
4: you're a contending team, if I was a contending team, I would spend the year first. year old
3: running back? Oh, he's winning. Yeah. Okay. Never yeah, absolutely.
4: That. Yeah. If you're contending, why would you not? He's going to be, I mean, he sh- Derek Carr is just literally, all he can do is check it down to Kamara. That's that's all he yeah. can do.
3: No. And pass catching running backs. I always think of Deion Lewis. I think of Theo Riddick. Um, I think of, who was the other guy? James White, uh, mm-hmm. he, the Patriots running backs. They can last <laughs> a lot longer. Alvin Kamara still looks really, really good. He kind of saved Derek Carr toward the end there. Uh, another I'm not. I'm going to say it's a bad game based on expectations. Seven for 57 for Chris Olave. This was another dynasty darling. He would have been the talk of the town if Garrett Wilson didn't exist. He had such a good rookie season. Derek Carr is not clicking with him. That fade route at the end of the game made me so upset because do not throw a jump ball fade to a receiver who is a great route runner. There is a slant. There is a zig. There is an entire route tree that you can combine the nine routes into like 80 different combinations, and you chose the worst one. Chris Olave, another disappointing week. Dylan, do you think Carr and him get it together? I know you're the car owner. I know you want to be optimistic, but, but seriously, if you had a trade where it was, you could get Olave for free on your team, or you could get DK Metcalf for free on your team. Tell me you wouldn't take DK Metcalf.
4: (laughs) Oh, I'm a big DK Metcalf guy. So I'm definitely taking DK Metcalf and you're right. There is a car problem with Olave (laughs) that he has a car problem. and. I don't know what it is, and again, it could just be their offense as a whole is out of sync. Because there was earlier in the game where Carr got pissed at Olave because Olave just kind of gave up mid route. Like I don't know if that was miscommunication or what, but yeah, Olave isn't getting mainly the downfield targets. We talked about Olave. Olave is a guy that he's not a yak guy. He's uh he's 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 the guy that's going to get downfield and he's going to have a ton of air yards, and that's what he did last year, and that's why he was so successful with uh andy dalton just slinging it to him but they're not they're do not remember, doing that i don't know why they're not doing that
3: no do you remember davis we were this was before the show was published we were doing an owners only show and davis talked about chris olave and he, he came already about like did you know chris olave is leading the league this is last season in a dot this is a guy and it, and he after the show he's like i had more stats than you walsh it was wait what'd you think it was like the most proud he'd ever been of stats Chris Olave currently is not having the a dot. He is no, not getting no. mean, seven for 57. That's less than 10 a pop on the catch. Um,
4: that's worrisome. Like that's worrisome for who was a top 12 is. wide receiver. Like if he's not getting that, totally. a dot, I'm worried. Like if he's that reliant on it, it's that's a problem.
3: No, it's, it was cool to see Michael Thomas have a bit of a fantasy pulse in our league. Um, the startup draft, I would say he is the single worst fantasy beat of all time. So for as bad as you feel, Dylan, if you can remember <laughs> Michael Thomas after that 1,700-yard season, that was when we did our startup draft. Someone took him at the 105, and he literally never scored points for that guy's team. He had to trade him away for beans. <laughs> so it's always funny to see. Um, going to the other side of the ball in terms of Jacksonville, obviously Chris Olave, Carr, they got to figure something out. Trevor Lawrence seems to be figuring out how to win games, but how to really hurt your fantasy team. This is a guy who is in the top 10. He's currently or of quarterbacks on Keep Trade Cut. He's currently at 9. Hot take. I don't know if it's hot, actually. I think he's going to fall. I think people are going to get around to the fact that this is a great real life NFL QB, not a great fantasy QB. Because, listen, the only reason he was able to, you know, salvage his night was 59 yards on the ground. He was rushing with a knee brace on, so they didn't have a QB spy on him. He got some free (laughs) extra yards. Dylan, do you disagree that Trevor Lawrence is more of an NFL QB than he is a fantasy QB?
4: I don't disagree, sadly. I, I don't think he'll fall. I think QB9, QB10 is definitely his floor. I think that's as low as he'll go. Because then you start to get into the waters of like a Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, those guys. And I just don't see him falling below. But I think it's warranted that he's at QB9, falling behind guys like Tua Tungavaloa and A Rich. I'm taking both of those guys over him easily. And tonight, he looked good on the ground and that kind of buoyed his production. Otherwise, he would have had around the same game that he's had for the last three weeks, which is. Around like fourteen points, or something, you know, like
3: that's not two hundred yards in a single touchdown. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: not QB, and I and I get it. Like ETN's just balling out; like he's having two touchdowns a game. So I get it; he's not needing to throw the ball, but that's that's worrisome. Regardless, that he's his production's been that consistently poor. So I definitely think he'll slide, but I don't think he'll slide much lower than QB ten.
3: I want to talk about ETN because one, he's a fantasy superstar right now, and as a dynasty player, if you held him through that first year when he was unavailable, through kind of the ebbs and flows of him being boom bust, you're finally getting to enjoy ETN in his prime. Good for you. Dylan, that wasn't to you because you <laughs> traded him away for four seconds most recently, embracing kind of your more of a rebuild model, though you're still trying to make playoffs. And I, I think you actually still can, but um, is ETN? Is this the new normal for him? Is he moved himself into the upper echelon, the top five dynasty running backs, the top five just regular for redraft purposes, fantasy running backs with another performance on the ground, and most importantly, those inside the five touches where he's being trusted to go get in the end zone, uh, and that's what makes for fantasy greatness.
4: Yeah, Etienne, i uh, i may have i may have passed on that a little too quickly, um, but I mean the dude is just bawling out. I don't know. With every running back, it's just so terrifying because you just the production isn't sustainable unless it's Christian McCaffrey. He's the only one that's proven to do it for as long as he has, and even he had a two-year hiatus where he was injured. So, yeah, I like the production we right, right, right now. With <laughs> I like the production that ETN's giving you, and I mean honestly, here's where I'm at with running backs. If you're getting that from a top-end running back, ride it out. Like, what are you going to do? Especially if he's winning you games, you're not going to trade him. So you might as well just ride it out and hope for the best
3: yeah no if for whatever reason you are like one in five with etn you maybe should sell high but because how much higher in value can he go i mean even speaking to your trade yeah it was four seconds but how much higher could he have gone in value no running back very few if any running backs are worth three firsts we're going to be talking about rookies maybe later in the season but John robinson was traded for like anthony richardson plus anyone who currently has B. John Robinson, who's still a rookie, would probably want to undo that trade in a super flex league. So ETN going for four seconds, although you may have missed out on peak peak price, you at least got 85 cents on the dollar because while he's doing good in the touchdown department, it's not like he's having 100-yard games. I do think he's, he's in his prime. I think he's this year's Josh Jacobs. He was that middle round running back in redraft. He was that running back in dynasty that was always good, but is now being great. I think you're happy if you have him, but if you can get two firsts for him and you don't see you're making playoffs, I would, I would happily ship him off because two your point,
4: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, no, exactly. But, and you never know. Every league is different, but ETN, nothing short of impressive. We don't have to talk about Christian Kirk much. I have said from the start <laughs> no, that uh, no. No, he no, is the no, wide no, no, receiver no. one. Josh no, Walsh. We, has we don't, you're right. We
4: don't. We do not have to talk about him. You know why? Because I'll, I'll, I'll let you I'll save you can save your breath because I actually I'm going to save my breath because I've sat here and defended him for for weeks, weeks now about why he's the wide receiver one. Why is he the wide receiver one? Because he's the wide receiver one. End of story. Why is Calvin Ridley season just beginning? Josh Walsh, please explain how that what, what's going on there.
3: Um uh, uh so I would like to refer to my attorney. Um no, I think Calvin Ridley is an incredible outside wide receiver. I think he looks dynamic as a playmaker. The truth is Christian Kirk like the first 3 quarters of the game kind of lulls you to sleep with the consistent slot production, those first down getting routes, the outs, the ins that he goes down shortly afterward. It was all yak for him tonight. That essentially game-winning touchdown that he scored. Um, that was him all after the catch. It was reminiscent of his days at A&M when he was a kick returner and they would use him on jet sweeps. It, it's easy to forget that Christian Kirk, who's you know he's not old, but he's not young either, is great with the ball in his hands after he's made the catch. And so I just think that Calvin Ridley, he's been a wide receiver three in Atlanta. He, he showed us that ceiling. It's alluring. And you were just hoping that T-Law would hyper-target him. T-Law's not that guy. He throws to the open, super clear read. And that's just the yeah. kind of quarterback he is. Calvin really still has the potential. Right. I'll say that much. But you are correct. He does. Christian he does. Kirk, but
4: Christian, Christian he's Kirk the one to is own. A, he's he's a beefy dude. He's like 200 pounds, but the dude's like a running back playing receiver, and he's fast. So if I'm sitting yeah. here advocating for an Aggie, Josh Walsh, you know there's got to be some validity to it. I don't just sit here and talk about how good an Aggie is. Okay, he's yeah, he's a stud though.
3: No, it's it's that's more than fair. You're trusting your eyes. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna get Dylan's reaction to the confirmed news that A. Rich is going to miss the rest of the season. Dylan being the biggest fan of him, we still need his reaction and maybe a few other quarterbacks that we're excited to talk about. Stay tuned.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon,
1: on
3: the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Without question, the player Dylan planted his flag on the most this season was Anthony Richardson. Something all fantasy players experience is the unfairness of injuries. You can be completely correct about a player, and injuries can just rob you, rob your team, uh, and more importantly, rob your pride of the ability to say, look, I was right. Anthony Richardson done going to get sold uh, shoulder surgery, Dylan Davis. And I talked about it a little bit. He made the case that he's not Trey Lance. I made the case that, Hey, maybe you need to be, you need to keep an eye on his value because this can get out of hand quickly. Well, that's what I want to know. Are you concerned about his long-term future with him missing the rest of the season and not getting the reps he needs to develop from a raw prospect into a polished product? Who's going to be able to uh, lead the Colts to victory?
4: stop it. I don't want to hear this trailer. You're the second person that's told me this. He's the next Trey Lance. He's not going to get, no, there's a fundamental difference, but I do want to actually give credit where credit's due. Mr. New Amy, he did say we're getting robbed of that top five. I think he said top three, actually, He did QB, say top which three. I, he could, he very well could have been a top three QB with, I mean, Mahomes isn't scoring how we expect him to yet. Right. Joe Burrow hasn't been scoring. Like we expect him to yet. So, he could have definitely finished as a top three the way that he was running the ball as well. The reason why I'm not worried about him in comparison to a Trey Lance is because Trey Lance didn't have... He he, he never showed that he can actually throw the ball well. He had a couple of deep balls that looked good, which so did Zach Wilson, right? We we all loved Zach Wilson during the draft process. That's why it was a second I did. quarterback taken off. I did. NFL did because of how how his... No, that true. one yeah. throw that he made. Remember... at. His pro day, the one throw oh, he made, Zach Wilson, yeah. running to the side just Cross launches body. it. Like, exactly. Yeah. So he was boosted up because of that. Trey Lance, we never really saw him throw the ball because even when he was in college at North Dakota State, he didn't throw the ball. That's not what he did. He, he, well, he had 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards passing. That was the big thing that boosted him up. But his rushing was mainly what boosted him up.
3: Yeah, A. he Rich, wasn't drafted for his arm for sure. No,
4: he was not. A-Rich, the talent is there. The arm talent is there. And we saw it on display both at Florida and we saw it in the NFL. I'm not worried about it. The thing that I'm worried about, and I will give validity to, because I would be, I would be pleading ignorance if I didn't. The injuries are a concern. Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that he's not even, he's a quarter of the way through the season and already out for the season because of a shoulder injury. The shoulder injury, it didn't look like it was a crazy hit or anything. It's just, it just happened to be how he fell and the contact that he made with the other player. But regardless, that's still concerning. It's a second injury in this one you- season ending.
3: You you know me, and I have I've a lot of uh, different hats in life. You remember that summer camp Windy Gap where I went to go be wrangle horses one time?
4: Yes, <laughs> the young life camp. Yes,
3: yeah, no, exactly. Um, there was all these baby birds that were learning how to fly, and they were like they grow into like really big, powerful <laughs> birds. But when they first jump out of the nest, they Are you kind calling of calling Eric a know-
4: baby bird right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's a baby eagle, bro. If this guy can oh learn how to use gosh. his body correctly, and I'm not saying, listen, he's a much better athlete than I'll ever be. I get it. But I think that if the whole premise was this is a physical specimen, a superstar who can run the ball better than, you know, he broke the combine, like he's bigger than Cam Newton physically, like unbelievable measurables. And then you you break your wing early on, man, I'm hoping that he can he can learn how his body is supposed to be used in the NFL because the thing that makes him special is the rushing. He could be a fine, you know, athletic QB, kind of Dak Prescott-esque uh, if he comes back. My concern, Dylan, is that, yes, he'll come back. And I do believe he has the arm talent, like you said. But for fantasy purposes, does the rushing go away because they're worried about re-injury because he just doesn't know how to use his body?
4: No, that is that is his – he is a Konami – he is the Konami code quarterback. He, like, he's the definition of what you want. The thing is, he just has to be smart. It's like Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson is actually smart when he runs the ball. He goes down properly. I'm not saying he's perfect at it. He definitely takes some hits he shouldn't take, but he's got to learn. You know what he should do, actually? He should go to wherever Tua went for preventing himself from getting sacked and hitting his head and learn how to actually fall and slide. Jiu jitsu. That's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So if he does that, it's this. I actually have the same argument for why I'm still in on A Rich as a top five dynasty quarterback as I am with Tua being a top five dynasty quarterback. Because just because I'm going to ignore the injury, Tua, the whole no one has even thought twice about the concussion issues because they haven't been an issue, right? If average can come back healthy, he's taking, he's getting the season ending sur- shoulder surgery, which I think is smart. They didn't just force yeah. him because they technically still in it, right? Like the Colts could still go and compete. They're yeah. th- it's still an early season. Well, they could go and compete. They could win games with him.
3: No, I mean with, with min with Minshew, absolutely. Uh, that is a question. Um, do you think Minshew is a buy low candidate based on like, Hey, he's got the rest of the season, um you know this isn't a quarterback you have to pay a first four most likely um I say most likely in two quarterback needs or <laughs> super flex should Minshew be a buy low candidate right now in your mind
4: yeah I think he'll be more than serviceable I, He he's proven to be a serviceable backup and I think he'll be fine um I I wouldn't spend well, yeah, more I would try to just get him for a second I don't know if I'd he send a first if you're sending a first I, you might as well just go
3: here's actually my answer to my year. own question he's not the, the the when minshu is a buy low candidate is before the Richardson injury Man. we make this mistake in dynasty of like oh i'll go get a cheap qb um to get me there but the reality is you're not buying a high-end qb who's going to win you games so unless you're the team that has a loaded roster making a playoff run and the only thing that's missing is a quarterback too then yes minshu is worth it to go by, but it's certainly not low because what's Minshew's long-term value? He's Taylor Heineke. It's like, oh, if he yeah. gets a chance to start, he's better than the average Joe. If you're in a place where you're having to start Minshew, most likely you can't compete. So you shouldn't go buy him. And the other thing too, is anything more than a couple thirds? Yeah, I wouldn't do it because what is the long-term value? Minshew's not going to go get a starting job after this, even if he balls out. Bravo um, Walsh. Well,
4: Bravo. You you yeah. convinced me. You're right. I, I wouldn't go buy him. Everything you uh, said makes complete experience. sense. It doesn't make sense. This is
3: this is coming from experience. I bought Jacoby Brissett last year as a third QB before Deshaun Watson's, you know, uh situation got like uh announced and he was gonna miss those six games. Um so I was like, oh, I'll go get Jacoby Brissett. I bought him for a third. The suspension happens, Jacoby Brissett went up in value. I started him for three games and then I resold him, and I sold him for exactly what I put into him, which was a third. And so my whole thing was like, oh, when I bought, made it a value. Right now, Minshew's not a value. You're paying the absolute max value he could ever be at because it took an injury to get him there and it's only going to be for a limited amount of time.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals,
1: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get your podcast. So, moving on to another quarterback who shouldn't have a backup. You know, speaking of Deshaun Watson, I talked about Jacoby Brissett. P.J. Walker got the start because Deshaun Watson had a rotator cuff injury last week, and they somehow got the win against the Niners. Deshaun Watson was flirting with top 10 or was in the top 10 at very brief points on keep trade cut this summer into the offseason and going into the season. He's currently quarterback 17 on keep trade cut. Deshaun Watson may miss another game. This guy has a fully guaranteed contract. Dylan, it seems like the market is completely out on Deshaun. Is, is there a chance that he can ever recoup his value or is this us correctly valuing a has been
4: QB 17? I mean, how many times do we have to talk about KTC? It's just such an overreaction in both directions with Pukunakua being whatever he is. And, and now with Deshaun Watson, I think, quarterback 17 (laughs) that's pretty bad like quarterback 17 is low i i do think there's a chance that he recoups his value the second that he goes and comes back to the slightest bit of form i think he recoups his value i I don't think he'll re well actually let me ask you what do you mean by recoup his value like top five qb or just back to top 10
3: can he back back to top 10 can he get back to top 10 are people going to even believe in him again because you and we're all human beings keep trade cut like we always talk about it's it's the you know, unwashed masses. He's not a likable guy, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that that should matter <laughs> yeah. for fantasy purposes, but for fantasy value, he's not a QB. You're like, oh, I love watching this guy play. Like there are certain players, George Pickens, for example, I have a positive emotion about Deshaun Watson. You kind of hold your nose and say it's fantasy football. I- I'm there for the stats. And if the stats haven't been there, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, there's no yeah. extra reason for me to reacquire him in my opinion, you know? Yeah,
4: no, that's, that's fair. I, and I would still. I mean, I'm going to get Deshaun Watson if he's at like the QB 17 price. Like, I don't. I don't necessarily would you have to pay, but I would be willing to pay a first and a second to get Deshaun Watson if that's fine. I, if you look at what he did before he left, he only had one down game, and that was against the Steelers. And the Steelers hmm. have an incredible offense, right? I mean, great, the beginning of the season, great he defense, started off, yeah. A great Steelers, great Steelers, defense, sorry. Yeah. Steelers have yeah. the
3: opposite of an incredible offense.
4: <laughs> yes, great defense. Their offense is yes. atrocious. But yes. he started off the yes. season, he had 22 points for fantasy purposes against the Bengals, the 13 that I was talking about against the Steelers, and then a 25-point game against the Titans okay. before he left. So, I mean, a lot of it is still the stench of him just being Deshaun Watson, right, and then him, being, him missing games. And so if he comes back and he can continue to do that, if I can buy him right now before he gets back from the injury for a first and a second – absolutely like if you just lost in a rich go and buy sean watson if you can't don't get rid of a rich <laughs> but if you if you have a first and a second go and try and get deshaun watson to replace it
3: can you remind the listeners of the name of your franchise in the yacht club what you call your team
4: bad's dynasty baby
3: Breaking news. Bad's dynasty is morally bankrupt and will sign any player regardless of their. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Listen, we're talking no. about football here. We're not talking no, about am. everything on the side. No. I'm putting all that aside, but KTC doesn't. That's the thing. KTC legitimately doesn't.
3: It doesn't. The point I do want to bring up though is I I'm concerned about his character, not from like a, all that crazy stuff that happened, him not playing with a fully guaranteed contract with a, a rotator cuff. From what I understand, this injury is about pain tolerance that does not send the right message. Lamar Jackson holding out when he didn't have a contract in playoffs was like, "Look, dude, I can't. Pro- I can't take this risk right now." There's, when someone is paid and the leader of your team is paid, I expect you to go put your body on the line for the team. And the fact that is they beat the Niners with without him, that to me, that says Cleveland isn't dependent on him. And frankly, that he's overpaid and overvalued. I false. I false. I, I disagree
4: with that narrative, and here's why. Part of why I think he's paid right, he's paid to win games. That's why he's there to win games. They had a right. bye week, week five. Why would they rush him back and try to like? It was after the bye week, but if they had that time, and they still decided, "Oh, you're not ready to go yet." Why would they say, "Hey, let's risk you being out for the rest of the season after we paid you or guaranteed you what two hundred and something plus million dollars?" They've got yeah. to play it smart. They can't just say, "Suck it up and go play and get hurt longer." I actually think it's wise to not just grit it out like that because. You're just going to hurt the quarterback and and it's just sustainability. You you signed into this long-term contract.
3: Listen, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about rotator cuff injuries. So like (laughs) that might've been the right call. I'm simply saying this is a quarterback and this is a team specifically a head coach who has a lot to prove. And they're on the hot seat immediately, not just in the public's opinion, but in the, in the opinion of their GMs. Um, And so I, I would just say that Deshaun Watson needs to do everything he can to remind people why he was worth the highest guaranteed contract, in quarterback history, even the new God, contracts, it feels, the super maxes it feels yeah, so gross
4: it, defending Deshaun it, Watson, but
3: it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> it feels so gross. Um, before we move off of him, Elijah Moore was a guy we were both really high on, um, coming into the season. I know you have him in yacht club. Are you excited for Elijah Moore and Deshaun Watson to click? Is that part of the reason you believe Deshaun Watson can return to form? Because the opportunities have largely been there. The guy is averaging seven targets a game, um, with a little bit of rushing mixed in, if Deshaun refines his form, does Elijah kind of head to the the moon like we thought he could, or do we need to accept that the Elijah Moore experiment um, just isn't going to happen?
4: Like you said, I have him on my team, so this is a little a little tough. I I, I still am holding on hope. I I still think Elijah Moore is an incredible talent. Yeah. I just don't know what they're doing. I, I Deshaun wants it, like you said, he's getting the opportunity. He's just not really producing. I mean. He's got nine targets in two games. He's got seven targets in the last game. It's just like you said, he's not doing anything with it. And last game, there was one where PJ Walker just threw it short and he was wide open. And if he gets that pass, if he catches that and he makes even the slightest bit of play and he gets 11, 12, 13 points, he's back on the radar. People are going to be back in on him. So, and he's still young, 22 years old. So to answer your question, that is part of why. He's 23
3: this year. He just turned 23. 23,
4: Yeah, 23 years old. He's still young. So, I mean that is part of why I'm in on Deshaun Watson. He has the sporting cast to do it. I think losing Nick Chubb definitely threw a wrench in their game plan, right? They
6: totally, <laughs>
4: they were expecting to be able to run the ball a little bit more not that Jerome Ford's been terrible, but yeah, I think, I think Elijah Moore is a guy that I, if I can buy low on, I'm still going to, I'm still going to go and try buy him for a second. I, I still, I am. And that may sound crazy, but I, I believe in the
3: talent. Before we move on and get to below deck, uh, we have a special guest joining us again, Um, I want to get your thoughts. You were at the Cowboys Chargers game. And as a fellow Cowboy fan, Davis and I talked about it at length. He's also a Cowboy fan makes us look bad. Nothing we can do about it. Cowboys nation. Um, Are you excited? You're also the Dak Prescott owner. Were you excited by what you saw? Or did you feel as we did? And as we mentioned, that Mike McCarthy needs to go and we're just delaying the inevitable
4: everything that I saw at the Cowboys game, including it being a Cowboys game, like a Cowboys home game, even though it was in L.A. at SoFi, it was literally a Cowboys home game. The section I I was in was full of Cowboys fans when when it was third down for the Chargers. It was louder in there than it was third down for the Cowboys. So it's just that atmosphere was incredible. But from watching the game and and I heard you guys talking about it and we've we've talked about it a little bit off air as well about our perspective on. Is Pres- Prescott the issue, and I'm glad that Davis took a little bit of a step back on his heat on Prescott because we have a McCarthy problem. We like yeah. the Cowboys have a McCarthy problem. It is not a Dak problem. We saw Dak this past week. I saw it live. He improvised. Every single thing that he did was a complete improv- improvisation on the play that was called, and you saw like him running for a touchdown. I was like, thank goodness. That's what we've wanted to see. He hasn't ran the ball at all ever, and he's been super played super conservative. But it felt like he was playing loose. So I don't know what the changeup was or what happened or if Dak was just like kind of, you know what, F it, get on my was back. Rushing, man. Do this.
3: I think it was the rushing. I think he's an athletic QB and when he's allowed to be, it's great. It's just, it only, it happens so rarely ever since that ankle injury, that horrific one several years ago. And rightly so. Once, yeah, once in a blue moon, they'll, they'll rush Dak. Speaking of environment that you were there, I have to ask because it went viral. There was a massive brawl like after the game I saw online. <laughs> no cops are listening. This is alleged. Dylan, was that? Did you get in there? Did you throw some hands, or did you stay away from that? Kind of
4: no, absolutely, I stayed away from that. I stayed away from that. I'm a <laughs> lover, like not a fighter.
3: I know, but all of all fans that if you're going to get in a brawl with, I would feel pretty good against Chargers fans in general. <laughs> yes, like, I don't. Like,
4: <laughs> if you look at it, a lot of it is Charger fans in that video, and they're all just on the ground, just like flailing. It, yeah, it looks ah. they're slipping on beer and whatnot. Uh, but no, I do say or ask you, you about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is we we've established that he's not the problem. However, his value is continuing to slip. He had a good game yeah. this past week. What what are your thoughts cuz I've been asked if I would move off of Dak Prescott and the Yacht Club and I just to me he's still and call me naive, call me a Cowboys fan, no. to me he's still a safe QB that I can build around. Yeah.
3: yeah. no, I mean he's he's quarterback 18 on keep trade cut. So let me just turn him into like a stock or let me turn him into a home like for my job, right? The Dak Prescott is a person, all that like he's more than a product. They get all of that. Dak can have a great rest of his year. I don't think the market is going to correct and price him according to the production that you appreciate, Dylan. I don't think you'll get a price that's accurate Mm-mm. to Dak Prescott. You have to hold and wait for a catalyst like a coaching change or the signing of a big weapon to re you know, reacquire his value. Whether or not he's the young the QB you want to build around, you kind of have to Um, because you're not going to get, and this is actually the problem the Cowboys had when signing him. I think it's like, you're not going to find much else. That's better, safer with more upside, but you're also not going to get the upside you need to be special. And so you're kind of in this limbo of like, cause, cause I don't think Dak is ever going to be a top 10 dynasty QB ever again. Um, like he's not going to get a better offensive coordinator than he had in Kellen Moore. He's now on the wrong side. Well, he's 30 on the wrong side of 30. He's 30. Um, and he still has a Mike McCarthy problem, as we've talked about. And and also, we haven't talked about this. The Dallas Cowboys defense is becoming the better unit on the Cowboys. So that's how they're winning games. He's going to be in less shootouts. Um, at least that's that's not what they value. They want him to ball control. So I think you should hold on to Dak Prescott. You can build around him because the production will actually be solid. I think he'll always flirt with a top 12, you know, back end top 12 QB. Um, like every season will be the QB 14, QB 15. But I I just don't think he's ever going to you're never going to be able to reset your team by selling him. And you're also never going to be able to ride him all the way to a championship. So he is in limbo, just like our Cowboys. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I hope I answered your question enough on Dak Prescott, Dylan. Um, yeah. Wrote my dissertation there. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking all things, yacht club with a good friend of ours who helped design YachtClubDynasty.com, where you can dive into our entire league. Mr. Brandon Hunter is back. Stay tuned.
1: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Joining us again is a valued member of the Yacht Club. And the self-appointed voice of our other owners, he felt that the show, while was excellent in every respect, he wanted to make sure Davis, Dylan, and I weren't telling incorrect stories. So he took it upon himself to help create a league website, which you can now visit. It is active. But we welcome back in Mr. Brandon Hunter, the self-appointed chef of the Yacht Club. b how are you this fine evening? Self-appointed. Oh, he's self-appointed.
6: The self-proclaimed. You called me. me. So, whatever. But I will say, you talking about that, maybe I am narcissistic, because this is where my mind went. You know in Batman, where Bane comes on the scene, and he overthrows Gotham's city mayor, right? in the government. And you're kind of stuck in this place like, dang, is he doing the right thing? Because they are really corrupt, right? Like that is how, how those heroes are. And in college, you used to think that if I was a villain in any hero movie, I would be Bane, which villain or not is an absolutely necessary evil. So I appreciate that. I don't think Not I was so
4: necessary. He took a page out of Davis's book and literally just yeah. made something so no. negative become here's, a compliment for himself. Here's,
3: <laughs> here's why I think you're Bane. You're villainous and have selfish deeds, but it's under the guise of like, I'm doing this for us. <laughs> in, in that movie you referenced, fair there's enough. a dirty fair bomb. Yeah, so
6: enough. all fair that enough. being said, maybe listen, the mode of action isn't the best.
3: Fair, fair enough. I should be, listen, I should be buttering you up because uh, Roger Goodell, just got an extension as the NFL commissioner. The entire goal when I made this league was to feel as much like NFL owners as we could. And I would be lying to say at times I don't feel like Roger Goodell. So I thought this would be a good time to ask the self-appointed voice of the people and a dear friend who I know has known me for a long time for a bit of a performance review. How have I done as the commissioner? And more importantly, am I worthy of a raise? Because I feel that I am.
6: Yeah, I don't know what you're getting paid. And if you are getting paid, no, because I, I didn't know that that was a part of anything. Um, maybe we should defund the commissioner and I'll probably put that in the chat later with a hashtag and, and we can start the train because I am the man of the people. I am the voice, but Full audit. Uh, dude, I mean, you've let me just say this because I'll, I'll give you some flowers first and then I'll, I'll squash you because that's what I do. I'm a sour patch kid too you have built the best league. Genuinely, we are the beneficiaries of your dedication to babysitting. You could open a daycare and be very successful because you already watched 14 toddler organizations, um, yourself included, because you have a lot to worry about over there. But I think for what it is, the cast of characters that we have, I do think you do a great job just wrangling us in and bringing us back to what it is and recognizing how grateful we should be for, for the nature of our league. That being said, though, the bone that I do want to pick is, you know, we come with a lot of drama. I, I know fans hear it in Davis. like you, you get it. Even in, a, in an hour of listening to the guy, you know that there's problems on the other side. Davis stirs up a ton of trouble in our league. And for some reason, it ploys a ton of investigations by the commissioner, right? So Josh will send into the league chat. He says, an investigation is underway. You will hear from us shortly. I don't know who us is or who the investigators are, but I have never heard from them. Nobody has ever been held accountable for anything in our league. So that is my one thing I have against you is maybe you can appoint a better detective um, if there one, if, if there is one that's existing, but yeah, man, that's, well,
3: I mean, that's isn't, my problem.
4: Isn't us technically him and Davis? Because Davis is the other. He's the only one that's been appointed any other authority.
3: No, yeah. we have a treasurer. We have a secretary and a treasurer. Davis is just <laughs> super active. He's he's what you see. Miller holds all. Or a different owner uh, holds all of our money. So, so there who, is who leads more the goals? investigation? <laughs> yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I
6: I literally want to know.
3: No, it's me, and frankly, it's every time I do it, I'm like, this feels like a waste of my time because what, what am I going to actually do? It's 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 not like I. If you send me a screenshot of a text, I have to trust you're sending me good evidence if there's a problem. And if people are wondering, I'm serious. Like I call my interview. You're a softy.
4: Admit it. You're a softy. Part of it is. I'm not a softy. Yes, dude. You lived in California
6: too long. You little Texan (laughs) boy.
4: Yeah, you've become (laughs) soft. That is part of why to, to elaborate a little bit on, I didn't even know you got paid. So asking for a raise is pretty ridiculous, uh, well, an extension. Sure. But we have to have some law and order and some accountability. I just want to know where, with the follow through accountability, what's, what's going on here.
3: So I would love a multiplication of my salary. I'd like to make 30 times what I currently make. Um, it would happen to be the same, number because 30 (laughs) times zero is zero. (laughs) Unless of course I can bill y'all for the personal costs. Every commissioner can feel this. You spend, like everyone has buy-ins and stuff. The amount of things I buy extra for the league just on my own dime, because I realize like, oh, we needed this software for the editing, the internal pod, or we needed the draft board or whatever it is. You always come out of pocket because raising more money after you've made the budget is impossible. The reason... I don't ever punish anyone off these investigations. It comes back to why I made this league contract that I've talked about. If it's a not a written rule, how do you regulate that? Like, for example, Davis, one time, he basically made a deal with an owner where he was like, I will tank with you, but then I will play my starters against everyone else. And so you can still make playoffs. So redo this trade with me. Mike heard about this. He goes, that sounds like quid pro quo. And I'm like, I don't, I technically can't. What do you do with that? If an, maybe that's a question we should pose to the public, like in a poll, like how do you stop someone from promising to start certain players when they're allowed to start whatever players they want? You you answer me that question. What should I do?
4: The fact that you have to deal with that is just ridiculous. I would Bro. I would
6: want to see a poll with how many commissioners have to deal with that. Like that's actually fair. Well, be dude, you think that you would think that Davis is an attorney with how he rips through contracts. Dude, this guy like finds. An insane amount of black holes and, and little loopholes that he just climbs into and exploits. But Josh, I just want to ask you a question, man, from a commissioner. We're, we're giving you crap, and, and this is quite literally what happens every single day, right? It's like, how many how Dude. many times have you been voted to get impeached in a way Weekly. that doesn't even... Yeah, and I'm, I'm all it's for fantastic. it. It's fantastic. I'm all for it.
4: There's been legitimate polls in our chat to get you Josh removed as one, commissioner. Might
6: start one right now but <laughs> I will start one right now in the range of emotions that you cause. Can you, can you just give us a, from me and Dylan to just maybe just respect what you do as the commissioner of our league. Yeah. What is the range of emotions? And, and honestly, I mean, I can admit that I myself am an absolute toddler when it comes to how I react in fantasy football. Um, And you have 20 of them, right? With 14 teams yeah. and like six corners or whatever it is, dude, I mean, it's, it's a lot, but can you, can you talk us through what that actually does to you as an individual person? How can we sympathize with you?
3: Uh, I don't know that I, I only feel like other commissioners can, because what you're doing is it's really hard to both host the party and play the, or host the game and play the game at the same time. Cause you're always kind of, there's that duality. Like you don't feel like you can fully play and you don't feel like that you can fully host. Um, there have been many times where I'm like, dude, this isn't worth it. This is annoying. But the real reason I keep doing it, the real reason I always wanted to just innovate and up the ante was one, because we needed, we needed something for all this extra energy. And I think you mentioned it a, a little bit earlier about Davis. Like he is a bit of an anti-hero. Like there's a level of Davis where he's just pushing the envelope because he just wants to play more. And I, I needed to find a way. And with every innovation we've had, I had to find a way to keep all these toddlers kind of distracted and happy. But the real reason the re- I would want to keep them happy in the first place is so many of these guys are like my lifelong friends. And if I wasn't calling you guys about football, I probably wouldn't call. Like I know how Dylan is doing in the rest of his life. Uh, you and I have kept in contact since college because of fantasy football, not because we're great guys. And so at the end of the day, fantasy football is watching and talking about football. We're taking it to the most extreme level of enjoyment to do that. And if it keeps me in touch with people I genuinely love, then it's great. The problem is when at times it becomes such a burden, I don't genuinely love them anymore. And that has happened a couple of times where I'm like, bro, I, I don't have the time for this. So that's the only drawback. But as long as you love the guys you're playing with and you love the group chat and you love just talking smack to one another, we're all good and gravy. But sometimes it does. Yeah. It uh, this is like a therapy session. Like
6: it's, <laughs> hey, dude, fair it enough. Takes a lot more we work. We can let it out. Yeah. I'm I'm a man of the people. <laughs> so I got to listen to you. <laughs> you too. Guys are so I got to know what you want to say so I can communicate back to the to the pitchforks and and torches <laughs> and then we'll be back at your doorstep tomorrow. But I'm glad that you said it cuz you said you cannot host and play the game simultaneously and there's a lot of a balance in that. Fortunately for you, you do not play the game, right? <laughs> Wow, you have Very Amir Abdullah. You have Amir Abdullah in your RB one <laughs> position. So let's just make it clear: you I'm actually tanking. do not play the game. I'm tanking. I'm rebuilding for the future. That's a, a strategic decision. Oh my god, talked ridiculous. about this. Yeah, we're oh. not going to get into it. Josh's timeline is like 2038. <laughs> 2038. Listen, at least
3: I feel so attacked right now. I almost I don't want the raise anymore. I don't I don't want to be extended. I just want to focus on my team. This is what happens. You come up with a good strategy, and then your friends get you emotional, and they get you tilting and changing your mind. So I'm going to end this podcast before I change my mind and spend all the rest of my 25 firsts on win now players just to beat. Uh, we're playing each other this week, right, Hunt?
6: Yeah, you're projected 25 points. So that's
3: well, I'm gonna I might change that with a few trades right now. So uh, if you'd like to find out more about our league, visit yachtclubdynasty.com. Um, I'm about to tilt and go get some win now. Players. Oh yeah. Good night, everyone. Right in this-
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.